0: Hey everybody, it's Justin. Good morning. Welcome to the first full episode of the Mayday Podcast Testaments Book Club. Hope you're going to enjoy. If you are just getting to this episode, know that there is an introductory episode where we uh, meet all the people who are going to be participating in the book club podcasts and have them kind of go through and introduce themselves as well as the first uh, part of it is spent getting into the three characters of the book so if you're just finding this know that there is one before this in case you want to get some introductory information because there's not much on this one we dive straight into the book so uh, you can find that on the previous episode just released it yesterday so not too far to go Uh, thank you everyone for listening hope you enjoy there's going to be four of these Um, we'll be covering about 100 pages of the book per episode and we'll have these about every Week or so through probably the end of October. So look for that and enjoy the podcast. And don't forget, Handmade Halloween is coming. Is this it?
1: May Day. Is it? Yes.
2: So, we're going to start talking about what we've read so far through Chapter 6, character by character. And I think we would all agree that we'd like to start with Lydia. Yeah. Yes. yeah. The book starts with Lydia, too. Yes. So. It's appropriate. Oh it's gosh. not just because yeah. we like her.
3: I love the first two lines. Only dead people are allowed to have statues, but I have been given one while still alive. Already I am petrified. Mm-hmm. I love that double... Yeah. Like it made me wonder, like petrified, obviously, because she's in stone and she's there forever. But also, is she afraid? Like that's what I was thinking. Like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. is she afraid of something? That was the first thought. Afraid of what she's become? Uh, Yeah, Yeah, who she's become, or what's happening, or maybe what What is it?
2: Do you think she's afraid of what she's become? I I kind of feel like that. I don't know
3: enough. I mean, I feel like she's
2: leaned in hard. Yeah,
3: I don't know, because I saw then she said she would have needed like her tasers in the um, the statue, and she would not have needed it. Um, If she had been better and she's digging up bones and like things are going to get worse. And I was like,
1: is she regretful? That's where I got the fear from. Because when you first said that question, I thought, yeah, she's afraid. But I think it's from there's a part where she's
2: afraid of like the powerful. Yes. Being afraid of her. And oh. therefore, threatened. Right? And so, yeah, but I don't. I don't think she's like regretful.
1: No, <laughs> oh, no, not no. Anything yeah, though. no. I think just the fear of because at one point she kind of stacks her chips. Like she's like, and I got mm-hmm. this on this guy, yep. and I got that on right. This guy. Yep. And, I, and she's and I t- totally
2: yeah. buy it. Like that sounds oh, yeah. like the Lydia we mm-hmm. know and love. Mm-hmm. Which and I later loved. on,
4: when she talks about when she was a judge in the takeover, and where she says like, and even in that position, I did what I had to do to get by like and what was asked of me and there's a great line and i underline it and i'll have to find it but you know oh she said i gained through the decades of hard scrabble work and arduous professional climbing and i'd been performing that function as equitably as i could i'd acted for the betterment of the world as i saw the betterment within the practical limits of my profession yeah and i think she does the same in Mm -hmm. her role as Lydia. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. She does what so, she
1: can yeah. within those 100%.
4: bounds. And she lives in that life virtuously, just like she did when she was a judge. She's going to do the same. It's like all or nothing with her. Yeah. That's such um, a great
1: summation of her. And yeah.
5: the yeah. first yeah. chapter kind of ends with 36. her, like, talking about how she's hiding these pages and she doesn't want anyone to find them. So it's almost, you know, the same thing you were saying with the judge. Like, she wants to be held up to the standard, but she's so scared of someone seeing her differently. Yeah. Even if
1: what she's doing is absolutely terrible. Right. <laughs> oh. Yeah, but... It makes sense in a weird way, not in a way that I would ever do it, but like you've met people like that right. that you yes. know would be the Aunt Lydia of the if a takeover was. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, Ooh, yeah. that makes it that. weird. Like, like,
2: like now, <laughs> now next time I meet somebody that I think of like that, I'm gonna be like, "Ooh, are you gonna aid the takeover of society?"
1: But she, oh yeah. But she does point out some of the ridiculousness of it as well. So you know that she's not bought in whole hogs. She's not like, oh, this is the way of life and Mm -hmm. we should all be like this. At one point on page 64, she says, and Judd's ridiculous certificate of whiteness scheme that had collapsed in the welter of forgeries and bribery. She's talking about it being ridiculous Mm -hmm. in several ways, I think. I don't think she's just saying it was ridiculous because it failed and that's embarrassing, Mm -hmm. but also it's ridiculous. Like I think part of her thinks that Gilead is ridiculous and absurd, mm-hmm. but because she's not a person that does something halfway. She's a person that does something 100%, which is, I think, what Andy was alluding to. And so she's going to do it up and she's going to do it right. But yeah. she's not stupid. She's a judge. She knows some of this stuff. is yeah. absolutely mm-hmm. so crazy. Yeah, she knows how to like, play the game. Yeah,
2: yes. I feel like yeah. almost everything that Lydia says, particularly in this book, not necessarily... I I haven't reread The Handmaid's Tale recently enough to be able to say this this is an attribute of her character through both books. But particularly in this this book so far, I feel like nearly everything she says has a double meaning. Yeah. Where you can take it, uh, attribute it to her personally and to the world that she's actually speaking about in her dialogue. And it's in varying ways. Well, that Um, makes me,
3: like, I feel the same way because I, like, who is she talking to? Like, she keeps saying, dear reader, dear reader. But, like, who does she think is going to read this? And Like, like if she doesn't know who's going to read it, is she writing this because she's figuring something out about herself? Or is she writing it because she's trying to, like, if somebody finds this, like, mm. I want to be able to slither, you know, like, slither out of it. You know, like, even, yeah. even the, like, her ardua estes motto she was like proud of how slippery it was like is that part of her personality is that you have that double edge because you're just constantly slippery or is she I don't know I just kept wondering like who is she writing to who's the reader
2: yeah I definitely uh, have been reading assuming that she is writing mainly to like cleanse and justify herself
3: Mm -hmm. Mm, okay
2: if if only to herself okay I don't I don't I don't know that I necessarily believe she's like writing to like an imagined right. you know person in a certain situation in the future. I feel like half of this is definitely like to herself. She's sure. writing to herself to like lay it out there and explain what her conscious or unconscious thought process has been throughout all of these insane events that have happened, you know, the the takeover yeah. which was clearly very hectic for her in the beginning. I'm excited to hear more about that transition to how did she not just get to be an aunt, but get to be like powerful? Why was you she know? elevated? I'm, to yes, this I'm sense. super yeah. interested in that well, because uh, I would sorry. think that like a woman in a position like a judge would be like the first to get murdered sure. in this situation because mm-hmm. they have the wherewithal. with her.
3: Yes, huh. yeah, yes. Well, they are yeah.
2: used to holding high position in right. society, and the people taking over believe that society be- to be totally invalid. I would think that those are the people, especially women in those positions, that you would want to get rid of first. So I'm really interested in like Mm -hmm. why did that not happen to her?
4: She talks a lot about like how there's no practical use of regretting anything that the decisions that she's made. It's totally true, Mm -hmm. and how she's passed lots of like corpses along the way, but we'll notice that hers is not one of them. And Mm -hmm. so there's,
2: I just says, I think she says stepped over them. Yeah. Which Ooh, I thought was an interesting yeah. choice of words.
4: Just so curious. I, I'm with you, mm-hmm. Tiana. I need to know how and why she was yeah. elevated to this.
2: Yeah, even if she's just writing for herself, I'm so glad.
3: Right. But it's interesting. Like I don't know if she's power? writing for herself, though. I don't, don't know, think but, so? No, I'm, not, I'm not there. Well, and I think, I just feel like she keeps saying, like, little things that keep bugging me. Like, Like, on page 32, she says, I've become swollen with power, true, but also nebulous with it, formless, shape-shifting, I'm everywhere and nowhere, even in the minds of the commanders, I cast an unsettling shadow. How can I regain myself? How to shrink back to my normal size, the size of an ordinary woman? Like, is she trying to, or am I reading it differently? Yeah.
2: Do you think she is saying that in, like, I wish I could kind of way? Like, mm. how would I go about it? Or is it just like, but how could well, I? Well, but this the is next the way line is, are, but perhaps it is too late yeah. for that.
3: So it makes me think that she's kind of like, I have stepped over the corpses and I have pushed away what I've done for so long. Yeah. I can't unknow I can't, that. Or how unsee do it. I unsee, unknow, and undo that? I can't, but then, ugh, like, I did that. And, you know, I, yeah, yeah, further
4: on, she says, you know, there are two directions you go up or you go down, mm-hmm. and we all know she's not going she's, down. She's not going well, down. Well, maybe, yeah. I don't not know. Yet. So,
5: <laughs> not yeah. Well, for her too, down would really be. Like, death. Death, you know? Yeah, She's not going to be a handy. Right, no, yeah. Yeah, I mean. There's no easy out. Right.
3: Julia, yeah. Yeah. Julia, there's yeah, there's no down there. No yeah, for that's her. a good point. To so the this or nothing. So. And then to follow it with the image of, like, and we have Easter eggs. Yeah. <laughs> I, was
1: like, no. I was like, huh? Yeah. It's a nice
2: treat is. I provide. It's it's I was like, whoa. This is so bizarre. This is so strange.
1: But, like, that's, I kind of feel like that's how the show is. They'll show, like, a really crazy, like, gripping scene, and then it'll be like, Okay, now there's a Martha in the kitchen with a towel or something and you're like, yeah oh, okay true. so we leave her where do we leave her like she's in the stadium yeah so <laughs> <But she's laughs> so that's where we leave her
2: and I immediately went to what I can't remember for the life of me if it was described in the books the stadium used for things like reapings and, you know, mass murders or Mm -hmm. things like that. I can't remember if that was also in the book or if I'm only remembering from From the the show. show,
1: I know. Um, But that's exactly where my mind went as
2: soon as she mentioned Stadium. And I was like, does she like narrowly escape like some sort of mass execution? Hmm. And it just made me want to read ahead even more. But I can't do that because then I'll accidentally talk about things we're not supposed to be talking about. Mm. Any emergency last-minute thoughts on Lydia? Mm. So, Agnes.
3: So, Agnes.
2: I want to stay in Gilead.
3: I know. Yeah. I mean, not for real life, but... If, I, if I'm
2: being like, yes,
1: definitely not for real life.
2: I don't think anybody would ever listen to me or know me and think that yeah. <laughs> and think
1: that would be appropriate or good for me at
2: all. Um, be murdered immediately.
1: So okay, there's a little bit of writing in Agnes's section where I'm like, tell us, Sarah. Let's okay, see it. so on page Where's 15 it said, "What's well, that lazy?" It's very mm. in keeping with what's happening. It's not like it's in left field, but it. it Agnes talks about how like, oh, she talks about how like. She's detached from her father because he kind of just is in his room or his office. And, kind of a um, dick. The important thing—you <laughs> had to stay away from the important things that men did. Too important for females to meddle with because they had smaller brains that were incapable. And it just made <sighs> me think of that anchorman scene where it was like, "The brains are smaller. It's science." Oh god. <laughs> and I was like, "Okay." And I'm sure that many people for many years, in order to oppress women, have been saying that our brains are physically smaller. But I just couldn't help but think about the ridiculousness of that in. Anchorman.
2: There are still places in the world today that <laughs>
1: yeah, practice sure like do.
2: skull measurement as a reason to mm-hmm. keep down some people. So I like know. it's right on track with that. Um, which it's kind of shocking to think that like today, with science as far as it has gone, some people still use that justification. Um, but yeah, I guess like willingness to deny fact is like runs deep in some folks.
3: Mm-hmm. That's what yeah. Margaret Atwood was saying in the interview. If you remember, she was saying nothing that happens in her books has not been without precedent. Mm-hmm. Totally. Like, there's and historical. Not... It's
2: yeah, I think like most people know that it is like a historical thing, especially um, during the days of the slave trade uh, mm. across multiple continents. Oh, yeah? Like that was a very popular justification. Right. Um, and I think that's fairly well known, despite our not talking about that kind of stuff in history class. But I don't I, think people generally realize that that still happens today.
1: I know. And I, I, I learned about that in graduate school. So it's not like my only experience with smaller brain comments was from <laughs> Anchorman. <laughs> so no that I did, I did learn that, but not until graduate school. So it wasn't a thing that I got ever in high school or undergrad. So none of that stuff did I even. And that's only because I took social justice. It wasn't even yep. a part of anything else. Yeah, that's
2: something our country just utterly fails at teaching about.
1: Oh and and I should mention that I had actually had an exceedingly competent teacher in that class too. She was incredible. So that's that's important to note. But it just felt like the brains are smart. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I just I felt really it saddened by it
3: because I felt like it because I I hear what you're saying. Like <laughs> I do hear what you're saying, but I'm I geeky. also felt saddened by it because I was listening to it and I was like I maybe because of the person who's doing the speaking read it and it was so um like she believed it like and yeah, that's what, like it was a true fact yeah and that's what i was concerned about i was like oh my god she's so brainwashed you know yeah. and that's what i went to rather than that's how ridiculous goofy. Yeah. you know who thinks that but and how could she possibly be taught that but it made me really sad because she kind of she said it but then she followed it up thankfully with um like i mean i guess thankfully because it was like a weird dark humor that It'd be like tying, trying to teach a cat to crochet, said on Estee, who taught us crafts. And that would make us laugh, because how ridiculous. Cats didn't even have fingers. Like, I was kind of like, "Huh? Oh, wait. <laughs> you <know>? yes,
2: totally. <laughs> totally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I completely had that same reaction to a lot of comments that Agnes made. Yes. Just, like, offhandedly. Like, yeah. oh, that's... So Terrible. True and sad. Yeah. Like, of course, that's what you think.
1: Well, and for her, it actually does come... Well, not... Come true. The second page where it talks about like the the needs of men and how you mm. must always oh be conscious of the needs of men. <clears throat> if your skirt flies up in the wind, like oh, and how, can't possibly why
2: you can't swing, on a swing. Yeah. yeah, that's what oh, I meant. Yeah, yeah the that swing
1: made me so the, sad. that brought be back be so
3: super. sad,
4: sad. The, way the
2: boys get to swing. That's yes. the answer. Yeah, come on.
4: And she's desperate for just sensing that freedom. What it must oh. be like to be in that right. air mm-hmm. and.
3: So. so
1: sad. And the the sad part is that it does come true for her. It's not just like, oh, this is something she hears about in school and it inhibits her behavior. It's like, oh, and then she goes to the dentist and that happens. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. That's... yeah so we definitely
2: can't skip over the, the dentist. Mm-mm. So the dentist that um, assaults her mm-hmm. in the chair before she leaves, that's, you know, um, I mean, of course, really hits home because things like that happen every day today mm-hmm. to girls and women all over. And it's still something that, like, is an understood thing that may be communicated kind of in an under-the-table way to warn girls and women about people like that. But often they feel like there's nothing they can do, so they just have to let it happen and try to avoid it for themselves and the people that they love. Mm-hmm. Like, that felt so pertinent and real. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Which and especially the response
4: of – where she thought maybe one of the Marthas knew what was going to oh, mm-hmm. happen and, like,
2: maybe tried to warn her, but maybe not, not and really. definitely and, not effectively.
4: And <clears throat> even so, just the silence of that, and speak to the Me Too movement here, oh, right, about how absolutely. dangerous mm-hmm. it is, that, like, what you were saying, Tiana, like, if this was today, would we have a much different reaction? Mm-hmm. No. Wake up. You know, yeah, To yeah. ladies, obviously, if this this is a version of Gilead.
2: Definitely. Yeah, I think... Yeah. I, I don't know I don't know if there will be a lot more moments like that in this book where like something shocking happens and then if you think about it for a moment you realize that's exactly what happens now oh, yeah. and then she that's was scary. thinking about Becca right the daughter of the dentist mm-hmm. and yeah humili- and, when and so her what would it do humiliation to her yeah
4: versus even thinking about like, the humiliation she that she just Ooh. endured and I couldn't do that to Becca but
2: yes thinking about everybody else everybody first.
4: else's perspective mm-hmm. and. Yeah. I, and just thinking about, you know, the work we do and mm-hmm. what we know about people who are mm-hmm. victims of abuse, that is a go-to. Oh, right. And Actually. especially
5: that and her saying, you know, going back to what the aunts always teach them of her saying, well, you know, I was I was always told that men did have these desires and these thoughts. And there's and, nothing you can do about it. And that's it. just life. The right. Boys boys, girls. That was like, so yeah. realistic, too. Yeah.
3: Right. And then going back to the story of the concubine and how they were told about like how she was very oh "Oh, god how how becca responded to that then you were like oh no like this is not limited to me Mm -hmm. i felt like that was not limited to the girls at the dentist that he's assaulting his daughter because she's the only one who speaks up and says what will happen to girls you know she's she says yeah she says well and then on Fidala's response is, well, she deserved it, don't you think? And Becca's, like, beside herself. And all the girls are kind of going, like, what's, what's wrong deal? with her? Pro- yeah, yeah, because she's probably experienced some kind of defiling, yeah. you know, if so to speak.
0: That's totally what, how did they that. kill
3: her? Her voice is, that's on page 78. Like, her voice is barely above a whisper. or She's crying. It says, when many men doing lustful things all at once will kill a girl. And this is God's way of telling us that we should be content with our lot and not rebel against it. You know, back then she's like, control yourself, be- Becca. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> control yeah. yourself. Um, you know, just such like victim blaming. Well, yeah, because yeah. yeah. nice
4: girls did not notice the minor antics of men. Mm-hmm. They, they simply slightly. look the other way. Yeah, Minor. And I mean, when I read that on 97, I was like, this and is. And did not notice. I did not notice. That's
2: not even acknowledging that it has to be a willful looking away. Yeah.
5: That is, you just, just don't even th-
4: th- that was a hard section. Yeah. You know me? I mean yeah. I was just
2: ooh.
5: And then how the end of the story kind of ends with well, she was noble and she made a sacrifice and oh women God. have to make sacrifices right. all sometimes the time. for men. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was well, So well, she real.
1: points out that like it wasn't a choice like because they, they say it like right. she made this sacrifice as though it was a choice like yes. I yes. Choose, but that was nothing very unsettling. was a choice. Somebody came in and just cut her open yeah. and she bled can- to death. Can I
2: ask somebody who has read a whole lot more Bible than me to tell me, like, how accurate is that recounting of what is actually in there?
3: In Atwood's interview, she said that, like, they read the story and it was accurate to the, to like the, like um, I, I wonder that Agnes a lot what Agnes adds later about how they cut her up and everything gotcha. and actually that was... makes sense yeah so that yeah, was... I wonder a lot
2: about those things is, in is relation it... to this storyline mm-hmm. it, whether what, it's in show what or what book or whatever from? because Remember. I don't have the knowledge to know like is this like are they no, is what legit. they're saying right now the way that Gilead twisted it or is that the way it's actually written and they're just interpreting it in this particular way yeah. so this like, was it, this scene know. is
1: biblical
0: yes I'm like so ignorant I don't even know
3: yes Judges that's what it was so I think the interviewer asked about it particularly and she was like particularly she said will you tell us that story and she was like yep that's what happened
4: <laughs> i have uh, found that she it stays pretty true to, yeah to yeah. her references yeah. to the bible even no either but i know
5: there's some weird oh, stuff in the old testament stuff. that yeah. isn't necessarily accepted by modern day right yeah and i, mean, I don't I know don't, where those questions yeah. are so yeah. sometimes or I'm anything like that confused about that i have a
2: really important thing to pause for can somebody hand me the bottle of wine so I can refill, please? For sure.
3: <laughs> I thought it was interesting that she said she where did I make a note? Hold on. That she was dangerous. She's considered dangerous now that she's hit puberty. And I uh, yeah. I made so many connections to this section with Agnes, just like like I didn't grow up in the church, but then I got into church like when I was in late high school and into Um, college and I got into a more conservative very evangelical church and these were a lot of things I heard like you need to watch your legs your body your Words because men cannot control themselves and you need to be you are the one who needs to be responsible And even up to the point when I got married responsibility
2: shifting like if
3: your husband wants to have sex then you should do it because you are the wife otherwise he might stray and that will be your fault and like those are things that i was told and i and i remember being like no like <laughs> you know, i don't <laughs> yeah. think so and like asking questions and like well you'll just you'll just have to understand once you get married and i'm like i don't think that i will but hey. <laughs> um but yeah but i really like i i thought about that and how dangerous like you know i didn't grow up that way and i didn't have negative wow. experiences you know like like agnes has had but At the same time, I thought, gosh, that would be really terrible if every single adult around you was like, turn a blind eye.
2: And I can't imagine. i don't say anything. I, I went to a relatively liberal for Baptist church when I was little. I went with my grandparents because it mm-hmm. was super fun. They were singing and crafts. Yeah, like, absolutely. why not go? Yeah. Um, but, like, left when it got uncomfortable where, like, some things that I was hearing were kind of conflicting with my mm-hmm. morals. And then when I asked questions, I was told, like, that was not a very good question mm-hmm. to ask. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this is not my place anymore. Right. And that's
3: not how all Christian churches are. Yeah. It's just some.
2: Yeah. And that yeah. church, like, that's the only place of worship that has ever felt like a church family or home to me Mm -hmm. and i really miss it in some ways but like yeah like once i reached a certain age the the conflicting parts just overpowered the wanting to hang out with my friends from church and sing and do crafts absolutely i was like i can do secular singing that's Mm -hmm. okay too
1: this is not super related to the book. Welcome to my commentary and podcast. <laughs> um, but Dax Shepard has a podcast called Armchair Expert, and he and Jim Gaffigan, who is his most recent interview, that talk sounds a lot.
2: hilarious already. Yeah, it does. <laughs> They
1: talk a lot. Well, it actually gets kind of deep, but they talk a lot about religion and how Jim... And his wife view religion and how dax views religion and the ways they agree and the ways they disagree and it's super thoughtful and it's really interesting and i just thought i'd mention that for anybody who listens i was gonna say for anybody who listens to that podcast definitely listen to the jim gaffigan interview and it's a long one because these are long form interviews right so it's an hour and a half but it's really good and he and jim get into some really thoughtful conversation because as you know jim gaffigan's wife is very ultra catholic she writes and directs a lot of his stuff, so she has a large hand in his mm-hmm. career and all that. Interesting. Anyway, but that's why his comedy is family-friendly comedy, right? <laughs> okay, I <thought> probably. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they have a really thoughtful co- conversation about religion, and it's
2: good to know. I yeah. would totally give that a listen.
1: Yeah, FYI, it's yeah, it's a long listen, but it's a good one. A lot of his interviews are really good.
2: Did you say FYI as in FYI, but yeah. shortened? Remember, FYI is too short for you. Remember me? Long.
1: I straddle. Oh my millennials, goodness. My so do I. That's straddle. no excuse. You do? Straddle is a non-sexual term in this context <laughs> no. because not always. There is, is no context straddle. where
2: straddle oh, is non-sexual. Okay. I'm sorry. I Agree. You Unless you're what? on a what? You mount. You the time. horse. That
3: doesn't work either. Oh my
2: god. So, <laughs> totally you what? Like the horse. Mount. The mount.
3: Horse. I thought
4: you said notch the horse. No. I was like,
2: huh? What's that? Like a no. belt. Yeah. yeah. There are so many overtly sexual words. So this is totally on brand for our podcast halfway. Not why. why. I'm just
1: trying to stay on brand, guys. why. Millennials. No, no millennials. No. They we work have with not. I work with a I lot of like
2: millennials. No. I've never heard. Whitney of is of our representative for like, hard deep in the millennial years And you years. say
3: fly? I do not. fly no. oh. <laughs> 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 I'm not. I'm
2: <laughs> I've never heard she say uh, this. I'm offended. think like, yeah. <laughs> that she
3: said what. I've only recently accepted Sarah, that I'm a millennial, though, that's to You honest. are? God, you do not strike me
1: as a millennial.
3: I am an older millennial. i Oh, yeah. She's an I so elderly. what's was, the I age? I was I'm born a in 86. What's the span for millennial? I was born in 86.
1: 82. And I was born in 83.
2: And I was born in 82. 82. Oh, I'm in the middle of it. <laughs>
1: Yay! There's the millennial. I, I want to make fly. Do you say fly? No, just no not. But, but now, what happened in the all to the only ones in
0: this. No, I
3: only adopt the things that I like about millennials. Like yeah, you got to cherry pick. Like what?
1: What the
5: things? Like things that I like about millennials. Okay. I'm oh, um the avocado toast? people.
1: Fitness influencers, please. please. That's yes. all I do.
3: Um,
1: alternative milks. Alternative. milks? Yes, the hipstery
3: things are fun.
1: Nut butters.
3: Um, uh all the good things were a
2: thing before millennials I'm sorry. i like
3: the millennial push of like you i can hippies, be my own clearly. boss Note and i can work from home thing. and also i can wear jeans to work and i can still be super productive and be creative and like work outside the normal like i don't know office and stuff i, feel I like, like that you push. just like
2: needed to go into a different creative field because they've always been like that <laughs> well, <laughs> like well, designers have true. always had that
0: well, that's maybe the way i should it have is. been a
3: designer. Because I don't know you if have. I it's can, still do, it. you can still do it. It's pretty fun. You can still do it. But think of the children. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Okay. Anyway. So moving on to our last character, which is named Daisy. Daisy. And is clearly, can we just say... Is anybody
2: else really annoyed that her Canada name is Daisy? Daisy. Yes. What yes. I, I am so sorry, listener. If your name is Daisy, I really apologize. It might suit you so well. I like Daisy. But I feel like for this character, knowing who her parents are... And just like the circumstances yeah, of the world through. and where she is, for them to assign her the name Daisy seems very not appropriate for what led up to her being in Canada. I to think this is able maybe to Nicole. Live a free life, right? Yeah, right. yeah. Let's clear. I, I feel it's like weird. it's well understood that this is Baby Nicole, Which even if you haven't read past chapter six. Just a yes. show
1: thing not a book thing. Like, True. This is where right. she starts to adopt is, the show. Oh, really? yes. Oh, yeah. I mentioned that Nicole. earlier. I, I
2: feel like Nicole. there's a lot of cherry picking between what do we continue from the book versus mm-hmm. what do we continue I agree. from the show.
3: I don't like Daisy because they they call the people, the girls of Gilead, precious flowers. Or, like, they constantly refer to them as flowers. Right. And I don't know if that's, like, a nod, like, oh, she's from Gilead, everybody. She's I, a Daisy. I don't think
2: they would do that.
3: I don't think so no. either, but at the same time, I don't Too know. Close. Daisy seems so... Too close for comfort. <laughs> Like a pansy. Like it seems too
2: too frivolous a name to get somebody who is like such a key person in this very serious situation. I agree. Again, Good apologies point. if your name is Daisy. I'm sure it's lovely for you. It suits in a lot of situations.
1: Yeah, just, just, not, not, this yes, not,
2: just this not this one. Yes, just not
1: this one. When you get da- to choose it. All the Daisies on Twitter, please fire off on us also, immediately and let <laughs> us Daisy, know how you feel.
2: If your name is Daisy and you're a listener, please comment and let us know how you feel about being having the same name as this character. I would be really interested to hear that. Maybe post Blood a picture of your favorite Daisy. I feel like Daisy's narration was just very average. Yeah, average, all around. I didn't, I I liked hearing about like the weird observations she had about people that would visit the shop and her life and like why she didn't understand some things that her parents did or didn't want her to do. Mm-hmm. You know, great. I'm glad you have opinions on those things. Every 15 year old girl has these opinions.
4: Right. And I was going to say, I feel like she's a teenager. Yeah. And we would just this, have to take it for what it is. Would and this I, maybe
2: be different if it were a male reading it and then you wouldn't have had all of those 15 year old girl thoughts maybe? Mm. I can't I – I don't, I don't know what that would be like, but, like, I really felt like this was a too, retread but... of talking to – when I was 15, like, talking to every other 15-year-old girl I knew.
5: I think it was intentional, though, for her to remember herself as very ordinary and plain, almost, because she mm. even makes the comment when her parents are in the car bomb accident, like, wh- why would they kill such ordinary people? You yeah. know, like, I think she's just remembering this past life as very plain Jane.
2: Yeah, I did really enjoy the fact, because I thought it was very interesting, that she is aware of the rebellion and the push to try to rescue people that has dwindled over the years from Gilead. But she has like a conflicted notion of like, why are we bothering with mm-hmm. this other country? Because as far as she knows, you know, she she's never known Gilead to not be Gilead. You know, she doesn't remember the United States of America. She doesn't have a world sense of this thing that is gone and how huge of a change that must have been for not just America, but for the world, especially countries like Canada who are very close relations and are physically near. And so this is a very dangerous situation for them. But I thought it was really interesting that she has such average thoughts about that and about the rebellion generally, but doesn't realize that her parents are key members in the rebellion, even though she references them like randomly having like lots of people over for meetings at the dinner table. But
3: I also want to reference like, or recognize that apparently she's telling this after the fact, you know, like she says, of course you'll want to hear about the past. So Mm -hmm. she's talking to somebody now, whatever now is about things. And so some of that is coming back. Whatever she's saying now is through the filter of the more recent or whatever so I mean even like like she says on 47 like despite all that she did for me Melanie had a distant smell she smelled like floral guest soap in a strange house what I mean is she didn't smell like my mother like that's not necessarily something that you would say mm-hmm. early on until or like or later on even the next page on 48 only an idiot would have believed this and so I did like things there's some reflective nature about it yeah. and so it's weird because we're only getting we're getting like this Yes, teenage mind, and this is what I saw, but you're also only getting the points that she thinks are relevant to wh- whoever she's talking to in this transcript, like transcript of witness testimony. Like, yeah. what, who, mm-hmm. what yeah. is she
5: witnessing? I don't... And when she first opens that chapter, two, she says, you know, she was almost like a fraud, like a bad, mu- a bad magician, like uh-huh. a, fa- a fake, like a fake antique. So it's almost like, in her mind, she separates her life. Before the explosion and before she found out yeah. the truth and after. So maybe her recalling the before is just very vanilla. But I, yeah. feel,
2: I feel like we could have gotten all that information in a much tighter package. Yes. And still been just as well off from true. understanding
5: the it story. drawn out.
3: Very true. I don't understand why the testimony, like, why a testimony would be told this way. This is something that bothers me about the style of the book is, like, I do love a a young adult book that has, I mean, I guess not really young adult, but I like multiple narrators. But because of the testimony witness thing, like, you wouldn't necessarily, if you were recording something for some kind of testimony, would you be saying things like, like, having all this dialogue, like, on even 41, can I play with it, I asked Neil, play with what? That toy in the safe. Not today, Mm -hmm. he said smiling. Like, you wouldn't. That doesn't fit yeah, that's the a lot style of to me. For that moment. Oh, you would just yes. be, you would just say like I asked him if I could play with it, and he said play with what? And I said that toy, and he said not today. And he said it with this weird smile, like you would have had some conversational mm-hmm. tone, and mm-hmm. that's something that has bothered
2: me about this. Yeah. Right. Do you think? Do you think? Um, like, what are you imagining? Just for anybody who's listening who hasn't read the book yet, I don't know why you would be listening, but just in case you are, <laughs> um, the way that the The way that the chapters in which we're listening to, we're reading Daisy's perspective is they're introduced as testimony of witness, whatever. Um, So it's a very different uh, intro to a chapter than you would get with Lydia or with um, even Agnes, where you're just not given context mm-hmm. with Lydia it's quite obvious with Agnes like it's pretty easy to figure out early on mm-hmm. before she even mentions her name you know it's mm-hmm. it's fairly clear like what her situation and station in life is mm-hmm. but it's it's a very weird thing to do without much explanation for Daisy I think like I yeah. feel like I feel like I need to know like is this is this being called a testimony because that's how they're thinking of it after it's oh, been found maybe Like, much like the end of the Handmaid's Tale original novel? Or is this a testimony because when she was giving it or recording it or whatever the case may be or writing it down, that's how, that was the intent at the time? I don't, I don't understand that. I think the transcript
3: is the weird part to Mm -hmm. me. Because the transcript to me says this is what they said. Said And now I've written it down. Yeah, you're right. So would
5: you say that? Like, Lydia says she's writing and she doesn't know if anyone's going to read it. And Mm -hmm. I didn't know what a holograph was. Did you guys know?
3: (laughs) I looked it up. (laughs) Yeah. I read a lot document. of sci fi. I was yeah, I totally up was. on what a holograph was. I did not know. Well, not for a readers sci-fi who are fan, like huh? me, a holograph like is a handwritten like an document. Image of a
1: person and it feels like they're in front of you. I know. That's <laughs> exactly <laughs> what I was thinking
3: though. <laughs> it's a handwritten oh, it's document B-A-W. that's the work of only the person who signs it. I didn't know. Yeah. Anyway, that's back to Lydia. But it's whatever.
2: Like, a, like a living will, but not a will.
3: Yeah, I didn't know that. I was like, that's what I kept thinking. I was like, a hologram? <laughs> no, it's not a hologram.
0: Just so you know, 0 for 3 on anyone that pronounces the word. Pronounces FYI fly. I took
1: a poll on Facebook. Oh, I'm <laughs> sure you oh. did. Okay. No years. All right. No one. Well, no Sarah one. Counts as Just one. Sarah. <laughs> so it's not a millennial thing. One Sarah S-A-B with an assist thing. from Leah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Please, don't, I'm make start a, please wait, don't make it a thing. Please don't make
2: it a thing. One person. Ooh. Oh. One. What no. do you think about Daisy?
5: Um, I liked Daisy, not as much as I like the other two. She's definitely my third favorite out of three. <laughs> But well, like I said, she she was very plain until we got to the bombing part, and then it. I think it's getting interesting. Like, I think we just got a little bit of her, and we're going to get more of the meat later, which I'm excited about. Did not know she was baby Nicole until the bomb happened. I think that's when that it clicked in my mind. I, um, did you suspect earlier? Yes, especially, okay. I think that... I suspected more when the parents were freaking out over her going to the protest Right. Mm-hmm. and very yeah. aware that she might be seen on TV. And like lots of unknowns about who she
4: was when she was younger. Yes. And just mm-hmm. too many yes. more to like lies about mm-hmm. why there are no pictures or no memories. Yeah.
2: Or- Them not taking pictures, I feel like, was a huge right that flag. That was
4: when I, I got... I, I, and I'm not I sure agree. if she was trying to hide it from us, but I can see what you're saying by lazy. And I don't think you mean she's a lazy writer. I, no. I think we no. all know what you mean. But to me, that was like... Oh, I'll throw this in here. They'll put it together early. I mean, that was a get dead giveaway, I thought. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: So
3: I was just thinking, I just turned to the page where we find that the Pearl Girl has died. Like, oh, yeah. What did you think about that? I didn't understand that part very well.
2: I really, uh, I feel like every time they're mentioned, I just want to understand a little bit more about, like, yeah. how does one become a Pearl Girl and wind up doing that? Like, what? is this, so is I, I this thought- a
4: aunt lydia talked about that like they decided uh, to put the, oh like how i see what you're
2: yeah, saying yeah i mean but like me book, like who gets chosen now for first first that book. and like mm-hmm. how right. do they wind up on that like assignment like that one seems like a lot of responsibility for gilead to entrust a woman with right that um yeah two so strange. it seems like a really risky move like yes that is totally the kind of like I hate to use the word missionary for this, but it really fits because it's Gilead. That is totally the kind of missionary work that has been used in covert operations uh-huh. around the world in historical context. Yes. Sure. And okay. I but, think it women
4: for purposely. Gentle, but, people approachable, people will not be as freaked out by little girls, stressed But stuff. don't you
2: think Gilead would have also been, as the machine of Gilead does, assuming that the girls will be, you know, poisoned, not basically? So. Yeah.
4: I don't no. they reflect on people who are devout in their faith in mm-hmm. ways that can be, you know, catastrophic, let's say, right? When they're imposing their faith on mm-hmm. people that don't necessarily ask for it. I feel <laughs> like sometimes I, we've all mm-hmm. had conversations with people where you think, wow, how do they really think that? How is that ingrained in them? I mm-hmm. hate to also use the word brainwashing because I don't believe every faith practices the art right. of brainwashing. Right. But
2: right. The vast majority I, are not.
4: Yeah. But I do believe when you have a ulterior motive to something, Mm -hmm. then...
2: When when your mission is to oppress, I feel like at any any point when your mission is to oppress a group of people, that can legitimately be called brainwashing. And that is clearly what's happening here. Right.
3: I think you could only use girls who had grown up in Gilead. Like, Mm -hmm. you can't take, like, a person who's been stolen, like Aunt Lydia, and be like, hey, now go be a missionary for us. Like, I don't think that would work, but but when we read Agnes's story, we really see the things that she believes and hears and, and, even, and cannot even think differently.
2: Feel, I even feel that if Agnes was put into a different situation in Canada and didn't have, you know, wasn't surrounded by Gilead, didn't have her Gilead parents telling her what to do, that she would change and be highly influenced by the rest of the world. Man, that must be like a special kind of person they choose to do that. I don't know. I just I have just so many questions about That would about take this. a lot of
4: time to be able to yeah. really get somebody yeah, to like see the ways you, of a world that's vastly different. Do they raise them specifically different.
2: for this job?
4: Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Well, and then maybe to your question, Whitney, about what happened there or why, maybe that's something that became too much for the Pearl Girl to handle. Oh, and that's yeah. the reaction that where she thought that's her only way out of this is, I, I'd rather kill myself. Right. Well, we don't really Hear where
2: it's available in Canada. Right.
4: Versus going back to that shithole, right, of yeah. Gilead. So, I mean, Did so we I just thought it was strange.
5: So girl girls are on, like, espionage missions? Oh, I would. Or for, just I have two? assumed that,
2: totally. Oh, okay. yeah. Espionage for, that, that, for so, Gilead.
5: Yeah, maybe. Is and the
2: goal
4: is to thought? help the, you know, the fallen see the Gilead as a place where they would want to be.
3: I feel like they, I, back to what Andrew was saying earlier, like, I guess, although I hear what you're saying about why I trust girls, like, when you send a girl when Canada knows that Gilead oppresses girls so much mm-hmm. to send somebody who's like, no, it's beautiful, it's wonderful mm-hmm. then you that cast you that doubt a like you have to kind of believe is it really this as bad? this yeah. healthy looking kid in front of you this who's pearl. telling you this, this beautiful girl pearl. who is yeah, you kind of have to believe them um,
2: Yeah, you're right that definitely would be the most convincing messenger.
3: Yeah, because if a man came, they'd be like, no. Or
2: even like a much older person. Yeah. Did everybody else, um, I can't remember if they said specifically, did everybody else assume that the Pearl Girls were relatively young?
3: Oh, oh I, I did because mm-hmm. it was girl. Yeah,
2: yeah, I did too, but I didn't know if, I, I see can't as, remember if that was actually mentioned.
4: You know, teens or li- mm-hmm. like pre teens. Yeah.
2: Oh, pre teens. Or like, even. I mean, I see them so as 12, 13,
4: 14. I don't see them as. Really?
2: That's prime baby making age and, yeah. for Gilead.
3: Well, I guess I also thought that because of our timeline with. Agnes, knowing well, and I guess I'm conflating it with the show. I don't know because I'm thinking, well, how old is Agnes? And then there's Pearl Girls going out, and Aunt Lydia is sort of like the OG, right? I <laughs> mean, that
2: still tracks with the book. Like, we don't yeah. know. Don't we know. don't know what happened after she got yeah, let in the book. Yeah, we don't know. I don't know. Um, I have a random question that is not directly related to Agnes, but makes me think of Agnes a lot. When you saw that one of the chapters was named Van, what did you think? Because I immediately went to when um, the Handmaid's
5: Tale van. I mean, the Handmaid's van with the red curtains. Not the Handmaid's van,
2: but like that always is a strong visual for me. But like um, the van, that like the the various vans, I should say, where people are put into a van and they don't know where they're going and they're being mm, taken to a place where something terrible is going to happen. Um, And like the van at the end of the book of the Handmaid's Tale book, where she doesn't know where she's going. That's, like, immediately what my mind went to, and I was really, like, waiting for that. But that wasn't what it was in reference to. It's, like, in the 60s. I did
1: not even look at
3: the... I also thought about the birthmobile from the show.
2: (laughs) Why does it look like a womb inside? That really weirds me out.
5: It's kind of like... Pravanza, oh the my best god! That. For- I, yes. love, I love
2: those names so no. much. It it was so seventies, so eighties, mm-hmm. such a seventies, eighties naming of things. And I'm so glad that she stuck with it for this book.
1: Oh. I don't know. Well, the birthing, the whole scene, the whole scene with the whoa, well, like where they're mimicking. Oh, yes. And bring, and so, oh my bring. god! Yeah. I could not yeah. dream of something so bizarre in my mind. Like yeah. I couldn't even conceive of that. No pun intended. Like I could not even <laughs> think of a, of a thing that was messed up. If you said Sarah, think of a thing that's super messed up about a birth ceremony in dystopian future Gilead. I couldn't think of that. Like yes, that was just true. Too true and crazy. the birthing seat,
2: the two seater birthing yes. seat. Oh <laughs>
1: my god! You know, worst I just, worst
2: ugh. imagining of giving birth ever, which really says a lot. Because really ladies go through some I mean, terrible imaginings of giving birth.
3: He's brilliant. can't even imagine, like, like when I was giving birth, I, like, the whole time in labor, I was like, don't touch me. Like, I wanted my husband right next to me, but I was like, if he touched me, I was like, mm, mm, like, leave me alone. <laughs> so, like, having,
4: having Stand so here. To sit, don't move. Yeah, don't touch me. Exactly. Don't do this, that's but what stand I right here. Did you do that, too?
1: <laughs> that's exactly no, what I did. I think that's
4: what maybe what some of us can
1: do, yes. like too. Yeah. yeah,
3: and I... Yeah, that's exactly what I want. But like to have somebody on a seat with you who is like not even can you imagine who's somebody who's not
1: like who is ready to take your baby, yeah,
3: yeah. and yeah. waiting like, to you are snatch dog, your baby from you, mimicking like oh no. yeah these labor planes. Oh, you're I feel like, this too. Up. Yes, oh. no, no, you don't. Oh, yeah. uh, so many. Sorry, that is like the worst torture of to the show.
2: But yeah, that is something that really But that happens with in here too. She's got the, given birth.
3: the honored seat or something. I forget where it is, but yeah, and the fact that she has to be cut open for the baby that. I thought, where is it? Yeah, Um, so that's
2: something we didn't talk, we didn't touch on when we talked about Agnes is that her family's handmaid was basically sacrificed to give Mm -hmm. the baby a life Mm -hmm. against her will. Which is, you know, not something that wouldn't happen today. That is a choice that some families have to make. God Mm -hmm. bless them. But it, it, it's talked about in such a way that you get the impression that they didn't make an attempt to save the handmaid, really. Yeah. Oh,
4: yeah. No, she was not the priority. Well, she wasn't
2: the priority, but I was a little surprised to, like, get the feeling from the talking around it that they didn't attempt to save the handmaid, because fertile women are fairly rare in Gilead.
1: I thought it was interesting that Agnes realized that it was kind of
2: Messed up. Messed, messed up. Yeah. She was yeah. just like,
1: and that's what you do, and you, and if you're the baby, and it's then true. you die. Like it wasn't. It was not all. Well, it at was all. Agnes much no. later. I was wondering just, if yeah, it was. I couldn't remember that. if it was because she did. Older Agnes. That was
2: not far away from when she was commenting on like how weird it is that they used to sing about like only one for death, but mm-hmm. <laughs> like more for straying or something like that.
5: And that was after she developed the fascination with the handmaid too. So I mm-hmm. think she felt extra yeah. attached. I
3: think she felt isolated like the handmaid did. And she, Mm -hmm. like, at times she says, like, I saw her, like, something about her face being blank. And she's like, I know how to make your face go blank. And so I know there's more behind her. Like, I think she felt like she was the only one who really saw who the handmaid was.
2: Yeah. Um, I think it's an attempt to. Even though it didn't seem like she had a lot of interaction with her.
3: Right. I think it was an attempt to
4: understand something about herself. Yes. You're right. Her mom.
3: Who my mother might be. I need to
4: understand this life. People keep saying these women are sluts. We know they're not sluts. She even knows they're not. Mm-hmm. Like even the use of that word is, I think, makes Agnes uneasy. And there mm-hmm. was even
5: a time where I think she might have thought or hoped that the handmaid mm-hmm. might be her mother. And yeah. she, I think, after she said it, she was like, "Well, that's ridiculous. It's just me dreaming." Yeah. But Yeah. You know, maybe in she the back of her it. head, she kind of wished for that.
3: And she was recounting the story and saying, "You'll want to know her name. It was Crystal." Like right. the fact that she named right. her. And that makes me think of that Margaret Atwood interview, too, about the poem that she wrote that sort of preceded The Handmaid's Tale about, it was about names and how, like, a name is, without your name, I'm going to mess Excuse this me. up, but about how if you lose your name or if you don't have a name, then you are not, Or like, the name is the last thing that people can take of you. I think that's what it was. Mm-hmm. It was the name. And I think about the whole book and The Handmaid's Tale and how everybody has to change names so frequently and even, you know, you're of Kyle, you're of whoever, you know, and, and your name is... Um, it's so important. And the fact that she says, you know, her name is Crystal, like that is the real person. She's not of Kyle, she's Crystal. Mm -hmm. I think that's a nod to that poem that Margaret wrote, or Adwood wrote, rather. And what do
4: they say? Like the name's the first gift someone's given
3: you. Yeah, I I think that's what she says.
4: And the way she ends talking about Crystal too on 105, like I did not cry, I would already done my crying. Truth was that they'd Mm -hmm. cut Crystal open to get the baby out and they'd kill her by doing that. It wasn't something she chose. She hadn't volunteered to die with noble womanly honor or be a shining example, but nobody mentioned that. And so I think that just speaks to how astute Agnes is Mm -hmm. about her surroundings and how this is not sitting well with her. Yeah.
2: And that was a lot of, you know, semi-direct referencing to the woman that she heard about in school who was, you know, ostensibly chose to die with honor and sacrifice herself but clearly did not you know she was cut up into pieces much like the handmaid
4: and i think the development of her character is really referencing offred or june if you will um and sort of her questioning of things Mm -hmm. and not you know being okay with status quo and you know, you know, being sullen at times for what's going on around her, obviously, but then also thinking, wait a minute, that's not okay. I will do something about it. Yeah, so I'm waiting for some right. like, yes. rebellion She's a smart girl from Agnes sure. that I that I think will hopefully give us a parallel to June,
1: to June and her character. Maybe with
2: less physical punishment, right? Oh please, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah
1: that'll be good. I can't <laughs> Interesting. Wait to give a glimpse of Serena Joy. Yeah, I don't know if she'll be in this at I don't all, know. Or
2: we, uh, I don't know. We don't know what's going to happen.
1: Well, and I thought that was when I listened to
3: the Handmaid's Tale, the book, I hadn't really thought about that. Um, but it, it, Serena Joy in the original book was like an elderly woman who uh, had a cane. Oh, yeah. yes. I, had, I had forgotten that. And then when I was thinking about the episode, I was like, oh, they really changed her. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah at
1: first, it very much pissed me off.
2: Same. But then I grew to love it. I yeah.
1: do love it now, but I didn't like it back then because Same. I thought it was like well, we can't have an older one. Yeah, they're like I know, that's you totally how I felt about it at, at first, but right. I think the dynamics are so you know, much yeah. more so I thought interesting they
2: if Serena is of childbearing age. Yes. Right, which is so much more interesting. Yeah. That is what makes it I better, agree. and
1: Yvonne Strahovski's mm-hmm. essay is wonderful <laughs> as as Serena Joy, but at first I was Same. like, of course they can. And I also really woman.
2: appreciate Fred being gross because of his actions, not because he is an old man
1: Right. With well, and with Fred a young is actually an attractive man in the world debatable well but sure. no no no. in the way that i appreciate that some people are a tr- like attractive not. people right, not right. i'm yes. attracted to him but like i appreciate that Still he is not unattractive okay. mm-hmm. right really yeah, joseph vines really. isn't really. just like not a bad looking dude know. i don't
3: think he's a bad looking guy but right either I don't. but he's I'm, not my type he's, him without he's seeing the no show. michael <laughs> fassbender
1: <laughs> no. but he is certainly not gross something about him that's funny You know my celebrity crush is Michael Fassbender, right? I did not know that.
3: (laughs) I have missed out on that conversation. Talk later.
2: So we covered that pretty thoroughly. Does anybody have any uh, thoughts, hopes, dreams that you can express in 45 seconds or less for the next round of chapters we're going to read?
4: I'm looking forward to finding out more Mm
5: -hmm. about
1: the characters and where they're Mm going to
5: go. I want them to intertwine more, too. Yeah. I want these stories to connect.
1: I think I speak for everyone when I, when I say that I want to see where Lydia gets this step up. Because she's in the stadium mm-hmm. now, and something's going to turn, mm-hmm. and we need to know why. Any details about the turnover I would love. Um, any kind of spunk in Agnes would be great. Like June, I think we're seeing that. June. Yeah, spunk I think we're well on the coming. way to
2: that, I think. Yeah.
1: And then I don't know. I don't know what I hope for Daisy. I just kind of. I just
2: hope that Daisy gets more enlightened. Right.
1: Yeah. Like, let's let's just have anything. Daisy learn some
2: facts still 15. about the world. I mean,
4: you know, I just are not 15, but she's 15 in this situation. So, mm-hmm.
2: yeah, I want I want Daisy to learn a lot more facts about the world and have opinions about them and then do something. Mm-hmm. I know. I don't think we're going to get that. Though. <sighs> Having. Working I hope with we get it by the end of the book. book. I hope we, we get, that get it by the end of the book. We don't know same. how much time is going to pass. That's in true. How much time will elapse? point. That's a good point um peanut gallery please keep your thoughts to yourself on that because <laughs> i know you read the whole book um yeah i really hope that daisy learns some things and then does some things mm-hmm. but yeah i i similar to sarah we're like really excited to see more of the process of how lydia becomes aunt lydia yeah like, statue could be lydia. fascinating mm-hmm. yeah so thanks guys Ladies, yeah, thank I'm you. I'm so excited Lady to Maia. have some new voices and some returning voices. Not that I don't love you, Sarah. <laughs> I was gonna say, I'm, I'll be <laughs> You're still over my here. favorite. <laughs> um, yeah, awesome. So, let's talk next week. We will be covering. Um, oh, what will we be covering? I bless track. Uh, it's like a two. Are, or it's going something. To We're going to be covering through chapter 12. If you have not devoured the whole book already. Read along with us. Um, and please comment when we post this episode. I'm super interested to hear what other people are thinking. But please, please do not spoil the rest of the book for me.
1: Give us your feedback I on may the or interwebs. may not block you from our page. Yes, please.
2: Please do not spoil the rest <laughs> of the book for me. Tell
1: us, tell us things you would like for us to do on the interwebs. Nobody's yes. shy. If so. you
2: have questions, if you have comments, if you have things you want us to address next episode, uh, yeah, super interested to hear. Are we misinterpreting any of you? Yes? Mm. No? A the the little reader bit? owns it. Everywhere? The
5: reader owns it. That's yeah, it right. Well,
2: okay. Yeah. Thanks for having. And I think we will all be here sadly missing Leah. Yes. Next
5: week. Next week I am out. Yeah. Okay. okay. We'll all have right. you
2: we'll have you here in spirit.
5: And I will read. I'll keep up with my reading.
2: Maybe we'll, we'll Skype you. We'll one. pour
1: one out for you. We'll give you so. a
2: reading quiz Maybe. next time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Just got right. caught it. That's it. All, all right. right.
0: All right, there you have it, and there you are. Episode 1 of the Testaments Book Club for Mayday in the books. Remember, we got three more of these coming. We appreciate everyone listening. Stay tuned and stay subscribed in October for Handmade Halloween. Tons of stuff. This is all about you month. Uh, giving tons of prizes away, having tons of contests and everything. So great things are coming. It's going to be a lot of fun, we look forward to it. Have a great time, and uh, thanks for listening. See you.